Well, hello there, everybody. Mike here, and you are listening to the Sports Hangover Cure podcast with Rob and Mike. Hey, Rob. Michael, what's up, buddy? How's it going, man? How you doing? Hey, everything's good. Everything's good. Happy Sunday. Um, Happy Sunday, indeed. Yes, yes. It is a tournament weekend. We're about to dive into that in um, in just a second. But uh, first things first, uh, I got to say, before we're about to dive in there, it's going to be a mouthful because so much has happened in the last, like, two days. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yep. So let's, uh, let's dive right in. So here we go. Let's do it. I'm some uh, tournament basketball. I got two words for you. Loyola, Chicago. Again, man. Again, they're there. They're there again. Busting brackets. Like, all right. So, let, let let's share our final four that once was. So I had Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and I took a flyer. I took a flyer on St. Bonaventure, and that didn't work out well going against the. Uh, LSU, obviously. So we 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 know where I'm at right now. I have two left out of the four, but it's uh it's crazy. Who did you have in your final four before it was busted? So um, like you, I only have two remaining uh, uh, teams in my final four. I also had Gonzaga. Um, I also had Illinois. Um, instead of Baylor. I took Ohio State in that region, and my kind of a flyer. I took not too much of a flyer, but I took number four Florida State in that region. So I still have no. I guess yeah, I still have two. So rough, rough start. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm only going to touch on this briefly, so we can just kind of move forward. But um, Ohio State, obviously. You know I'm a fan. Everyone knows I'm a fan. Ohio State. Okay, they're they're out. That's it. Let's move on. Okay, next thing we're going to talk about. <laughs> That's it. I'm not going to talk much about it. Um, you know, yeah, it sucks. I mean, you want your team to freaking win, but they didn't. My hats off to Oral Roberts. Um, I believe they are currently playing right now against Florida. Mm-hmm. So that game is in progress. Let's see if they could kind of keep the Cinderella story going along with some other teams like Loyola Chicago um, that advanced. Uh, that I think the next team to advance, I think I just saw the final, sc- the final score, which is uh, Arkansas over Texas Tech. That was a very good game. I had Texas Tech actually going to the Sweet 16. Um, but Me as well. Arkansas was the team to do it. And you know what? Uh, we're going to hear a lot about this, uh, this, this man, which is my father-in-law. And he told me, when I told him my, my final four, and we were talking about the bracket a little bit, he said, hey, watch out for this Arkansas team. And lo and behold, here they are. They, they won two games in a row. They're going to Sweet 16. And, you know, let's see if they can make some noise in the, in the South region. 
um, I guess we'll see who they play after the Florida Oral Roberts game. So it's kind of interesting, Mike. Very, very interesting so far. Very interesting. And, and actually, Arkansas was a team where I almost picked them to, to be upset in the first round. Uh, I don't know why. I just wasn't sold on them. And, man, did they prove me wrong as they're on their way to the Sweet 16. Uh, tough grind out win that just, just ended against Texas Tech. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, the South is pretty open. You got Baylor at number one. But, you know, uh, with Ohio State being out, who else? Purdue was a team I had going far there out. Um, that region's pretty – pretty up for up for grabs there yeah because you look at the standout you know baylor's gonna is obviously gonna be there but i mean hey if any of these teams could you know show up and then you know baylor could not have things go their way and hey baylor might not be you know going to the elite eight maybe they'll lose in the sweet 16 i mean who knows i mean it this is what makes it makes it so much fun so much yep it's that you i mean you know you pick the chalk, but sometimes you're, you're sitting there and you're, you're rooting for the underdog. You're rooting for him because you're like, you, you know, you want to see the underdog advance. And um, I had Ohio over Virginia. I know well, we were talking um, yesterday and you had Virginia, but Ohio, I just I took a flyer. I'm thinking, hey, you know, Virginia, they so-so year, but hey, you never know what happens. I'm going to go with Ohio. And boom, they uh, – they pull off the upset it, it's uh it's just it's just crazy because you because you really never know now you had ucla i i did but it's, it's funny because uh at the time when i filled out the bracket it was still not decided between them and michigan state so i actually thought michigan state would come out of there but i also liked ucla in case they did win and i had them going to the sweet 16 so uh I they're do gonna have too. a oh very interesting i do too I uh, so my, my my bracket looks horrific right now. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of like crossed out names, and I highlighted who won. But right now, uh, I also have UCLA, but I, I don't really have much left. I'm I'm kind of banking on uh, the Zags. You know, I feel like you know the whole nation's probably going with Gonzaga as well. Um, but they, they look so dominant. I mean, I know they played the 16 seed, and but I think their next game is against Oklahoma. So I mean, hey, you know, now they're going to play uh, some strong competition. Not saying Norfolk State was not strong competition, but you know, sometimes you play these dominating teams, and they're so overwhelming that you just you kind of lose your rhythm and you're you're flat. Yeah, and it can happen even after a strong showing like Gonzaga had uh, yesterday. So, I mean, I just – I love it. Um, I would like to see Gonzaga because my bracket is pretty hurting right now too, but uh, I would like to see Gonzaga win. But as much as it hurt me to have Illinois lose because I had them actually losing in the finals, kind of kind of cool to see Lilloy College uh, Chicago pull off again. So, um, I'm not totally upset. I'm a little upset for my bracket, but – I'm pretty excited for the uh, the rest of the tournament to see what they do. Yeah, uh, I think Loyola Chicago is waiting. Oregon State and Oklahoma State, their matchup, and that's going to be who um, who they're going to play. One of those two teams. So it, it's getting interesting in that Midwest region because you know if 
I, I, I haven't checked the score yet, but I know Rutgers was only up by like a point or two. Uh, uh, they're up by eight right now in the second. Rutgers is up by eight in the second half. Yep. This could be a major upset over Houston because your one and your two is now gone. Oof. And three. And and three. I was just going to say, wait, I think the three is gone too. <laughs> so so now we're looking at the one, two, and three in the Midwest region gone. And now it's, you know, it's anybody's game right now. So this is, uh, this is getting, oh man, this is, this is awesome. You know, we talked about it in episode one, how both of us were very, you know, anxious to have the tournament and have the games. It's, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I know the, our brackets are busted. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Um, but it's just it's just really uh, it's really fun to uh, to sit and watch all, all the games and the the crazy you know runs at the end of the second half for the team to go on and win and the buzzer beaters and the upsets it's uh, it's awesome it's it's what you want yeah like you said I mean the, my bracket's hurting but I'm not hurting as a fan because I mean we've seen what two number thirteen seeds move on a number fifteen a number twelve. Um, there's been a couple number 11 seeds to move on. So, I mean, it's been pretty wide open, not really much chalk, um, no, in, in any region, you know, no, um, Hey, good, congrats to Syracuse. You know, that's a, that was a, a major upset today, you know, beating West Virginia. So that's, um, you know, that's another team that, Hey, they, they can make a run. It's wide open. Yeah, I mean they they got the they got the Hall of Fame coach. They got that. Uh, I think it's the I forget what it's called, but the defense that they run is always dangerous in the tournament. And uh, that was I one of. Cr- I'm sorry. Nah, it's that crazy zone. Yeah, the zone. There you go. Um, and Syracuse is one of the teams that I thought was really going to you know surprise some people, and they're probably. My my most proud pick, I would say, of this tournament. I had them going all the way to the Elite Eight. So one more game away, but um, they're, they've been my saving grace in this tournament because the Midwest region in general is the only region I really did any good in. <laughs> and even now I have Illinois losing, so uh, I had them winning. So even then. And then my other regions are just totally destroyed. <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be a... Monday is our uh, next day of games. Tomorrow we have a few tonight, so it's going to be it's going to be a fun night. And and tomorrow we're going to have a lot of action. We're going to see you know who advances to the Sweet Sixteen, and you know I, I can't wait uh, for everything to continue again. You know uh, this has been it's been a lot of fun. You know I, I it's like you know when, when it's when it's over we have a couple of days like in between, and you just like can't wait for it to start again you're like all right you know you know what 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 time the game start you know what what am i doing that day what, what's going on you know yep it's it's awesome yeah and the schedule is a little different this year but um still it, it's 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 kind of bittersweet that the tournament goes by pretty fast but you do on those off days you do get a little antsy especially because of how many games you get hit with and all the excitement one after the other after the other taking two days off is like oh my god you're almost itching for more yeah a saturday night i was channel surfing like i was you know at the jersey shore 
you know, seriously, you know, I'm just, I got this, we go to this channel and this channel, and then we got this channel on, oh, commercial break, all right, we're going to go back to this channel, and then we're going here, and then we're going there. And there's so much action, you're like, oh, your, your head's spinning. Yeah, it, it's hard to pick a game to really um, just sit there and watch because with so many going on, you have to at least check scores, I feel like, at the very least. Yep, yeah. So March Madness is underway. This is great. I don't, you know, I mean, let's uh, check the scores real quick here. Let's see how Rutgers is doing. This is live. It's happening live. <laughs> it's perfect. I wouldn't have uh, asked to record on a better time than when some tournament games are going on. Right. I, I, I am I am shocked. I am shocked. It's 45-38 with 12 minutes to go. Rutgers. I'm hoping for the uh, upset here. That, that was, like I said, the Midwest region was the only one I'm really cool with. And if Rutgers wins, I'll have at least that Syracuse and them lined up um, as my picks. So that's pretty cool. Um, that's awesome. But um, – yeah, I was I was actually surprised. I was really just taking a that was pure just like hmm. I I don't know. I, I always like Syracuse for some reason. I like the the zone and and Beheim and yeah, he's a great coach. So and his son is killing it this year. Great shooting shooting uh, player for that team. Uh, there. So when I watched Syracuse today, the Syracuse game, you know. My wife, Suzanne, and I are watching the game. Like, this team looks like they just look like they're so determined to win. Like, nothing's going to let them lose. And that's how UCLA looked, too. They're they're playing tough, tough D. You know, sometimes they, they, like, faltered a little bit on defense, but they just kept scoring. They were hitting the threes. You know, we talked about this in episode one. When when those teams get hot from the three-point line in tournament play, it is key. That is, that is major because – you get all your scores on fire, and then you start burying a team. And then they're going to try to shoot up a three, but they're not getting the, lo- the looks that they want. They're not playing their game. You know, you're in their head, and they're trying to play from behind, and, and the you know, the clock's ticking because the time is running out. You know, you're one and done. So, hey, maybe Syracuse and UCLA can make some noise in the next uh, weekend coming. So, yeah. It's going to be a fun one, man. It is. And it just goes to show you that you never know. Even like, you know, Georgetown was a popular upset pick. Um, I was also reading that um, Florida to lose was a a popular pick. And look at, they're about to potentially, they're up by five and a half. They could go all the way to the Sweet 16 now with a win. So you really never know who's going to be the team that makes the upsets. Um, I like, I I, I wrestled with picking Ohio and I, I just, didn't think they would do it, and now look at them. I mean, it's just uh, – this is what I love about the tournament. Yeah, because Ohio now plays Creighton tomorrow. And, I mean, I, I actually didn't pick Creighton. So Same. now with, I picked Ohio. So with Ohio going against Creighton, you know, I'm going to ride out Ohio. And I think if, you know, if everything goes the way that it should – Ohio would line up against Gonzaga. Now that's like, all right, you know, we have the Cinderella team making it to uh, the Sweet 16. 
against the Zags and you, you, you know, your lineup against the juggernaut, but anything can happen. You know, obviously we both pick on Zaga. So we're kind of like, all right, you know, let's see what happens here, but Hey, maybe Ohio could, could bite them. You never know. Yeah. I, I I'm not going to be surprised by anything that happens. Um, especially by certain things like uh, a number one seed going down. I thought Michigan would actually be the first one to go down. Um, but it turns out to be Illinois. And I mean, a lot of people, I was looking at some brackets. Um, Illinois was a popular pick to win it all. Um, yeah. So I, I think Gonzaga is probably the, the, the most popular I've seen. Um, just looking at ESPN's uh, tournament challenge and some of the, the top leaderboards. Yeah, a lot of people are going with Gonzaga, but really, I mean, it could be anyone. I mean, I was about to play Oregon, and that's in the same region. Oregon, I mean, they won, but by forfeit. They didn't play, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, yeah, is that is that team going to be ready to go against Iowa, you know, because they didn't play? Yeah. So it's gonna be, that's going to be an interesting game as well. Yeah, very um, – you feel bad, VCU – you know, they had some positive COVID tests and they couldn't play, so they had to forfeit. But um, we knew that yeah, going in. We just, yeah, we, we just took, we talked about in episode one. We talked about with the COVID protocols and see what happens. And you know, just you know, God forbid, you know, you, you just don't want it to happen to your team because to your players and your coaching staff, you know, you're, you're thinking, all right, we're going to get out of here unscathed, and then you know, it happens. So that's our. Our first one, you know, unfortunately, you know, you know, my heart goes out to VCU and and uh, and that squad there. You know, I'm, I'm, they had a great year to make it to the tournament, and then now, you know, unfortunately, have to forfeit. So, and now Oregon plays Iowa. Yeah, very tough to say, but um, something we knew that could happen going in. You, you just, you, I mean, if there's any saving grace, it's that you kind of hope that it. All right, first round, it's not as important. You would hate to see a Sweet 16 or an Elite Eight game get decided like that. So hopefully we can uh, can avoid that. Yeah. All right, Rutgers is up by 10. So let's see. Yep, we're a little over 10 minutes left in the, in the second half. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Rutgers yeah, in okay. the Big Ten. Not who you thought would be in the in the Sweet 16 out of the Big Ten in that region, you know. Everyone thought would have thought Illinois. So interesting. Yeah, the the big the Big Ten did not fare well at all in the tournament so far. The Big Twelve has, um, I think the Pac-12 has done pretty well. Well, I mean Oregon just, you know, they won by forfeit, mm-hmm. but Big Twelve, I mean. Maryland, Rutgers, awesome. They made it. But when you have your, your three, besides Michigan and Iowa, but you're, you know, those three top dogs with Purdue, Ohio State, and Illinois going down, you know, that, that, uh, that conference, um, I guess, disappointed a lot of people. You know, a lot of people thought about this from what I heard that thought that the Big Ten could make a run mm-hmm. in the tournament this year. But, A, it didn't happen. You know, what are you going to do? And now we're – you know, now they're outside looking in. And uh, I think Mar- Maryland's going to play Alabama. So that should be an interesting game, too. Alabama uh, just – Iona played them tough. That was, a, that was a good Very game. Very good. I was proud of the way Iona played, you know. Uh, Rick Pitino had those guys yeah. playing real tough. 
Yep. And you, you, you saw the coaching in those players. <sighs> Big, Big time. time. Big time. Um, what you were saying about the Pac-12, uh, it, I noticed that too. Um, USC won. You know, Oregon won by forfeit, but still Colorado won big yep. um ucla so pac-12 uh not known uh, oregon state one so pac-12 is not really yep. a strong conference during the regular season but uh, i guess you could throw that out the window <laughs> yeah yeah i guess everything changes when it gets to the tournament yeah, so i'm excited man it should be pretty interesting to see how we close out and how many number one seeds survive into the final four <laughs> So let me ask you a question. Go for it. So who, what, what team that is not a high-ranked seed, who do you think can make a run? Um, like high rank, you're talking like a top five seed? Yeah, like a top – besides that, the team that's not in the top five, who do you think can make a run? Honestly, uh, I, I have to say um, I think Laloya Chicago – Hey, they, to take down a juggernaut, Mike, I, I, I think I hyped them up so much <laughs> last episode that it's like they, it completely backfired from, from what I said because, hey, listen, they were very dominant in the tournament and during the whole regular season, the Big Ten tournament in the regular season. And uh, Loyola Chicago was ready. They were they were ready for him. They didn't back down. And I'm with you, man. If if there's any team that could make a run, it, they've done it before. They could do it again. Um, they have a shot for sure. Yeah, I, it's going to be tough because Oklahoma State. I I kept reading during the tournament that they were very um, underseeded. Um, they should have really been a two seed, but they got a four seed. So I I was waffling with choosing them. So that's going to be a tough one if they can if Oklahoma State gets by Oregon State. But I mean, if you're looking at that bracket, you got you know Loyola Chicago, Syracuse, and now maybe if Rutgers holds on, that's an eight, ten, and eleven seed. <laughs> that's that's yeah. yeah so it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I think any one of those teams can really make a, a good run. Um, but I have to think. Um, Loyola Chicago is going to be the one. How about yourself? You know, I'm working with with the uh, Loyola Chicago, but you know, if I if I'm looking at the bracket right now, you know, it's I think that's the one team because of the experience. You know, you figure that they would probably make another run uh, at this thing. You know, it's it's for me, it's really hard to tell because some of the other brackets, you look at the top seeds. They look really, really strong. You know, like Florida State. You talked about Florida State before. That's a strong squad. You know, Michigan. You know, that's a strong, strong squad there. Iowa. It's just you know, and and then with the West. You know, I mean, anything can happen. But you look at Kansas, who, you know, they snuck one out against uh, Eastern Washington. Oh yeah. So. You know uh, that was a contested game. You know that was a that was a tough game, and they pulled it out, which is great. But you know you got Iowa. That that team is stacked. Gonzaga. That team is stacked. So I'll, I'm with you. Any of these teams in the Midwest could really make a run. I I believe so. And, and then you know Oklahoma State. You know I know there are four, but you know they could. They they can make a run. You know Syracuse can make a run. Like you know I don't want to sleep on them either. 
Definitely not. Uh, it, in this in the South region, I mean, I know North North Texas had that big upset against Purdue, and they're going to go against Villanova. And I mean, it looks like you know Baylor's like the strong team there. It, it, it might someone's going to come out of that Midwest that's going to be possibly a lower ranked seed. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I think right now the highest seed left is Oklahoma State at number four. But if they lose. Oh, uh, Houston's still alive technically. So if Houston and Oklahoma State loses, whew, 12, you got a 12 and 8, an 11 and a 10. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that? Also, side note, one of my favorite words is waffling. Damn. <laughs> it's a great one. I use it often because I'm usually, when it comes to sports, I waffle constantly. Sometimes they think I'm the king of waffles. <laughs> the king yeah. of waffles. Lego Mango. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially, you know, I did it in uh, – I actually printed out my bracket this year, and I wrote it in pencil because I always want to go back and be like, all right, you know, I'm going to change this, or should I change this? Is this my heart pick, my gut pick? You know, what do I do here? And uh, I think I've been doing it in pencil for the last, like, five or so years uh, sometimes I didn't on the computer, but I would like, you know, jot it in the computer on one of like the bracket challenges things. But this year I did it in, uh, in, in pencil as, as always. And there's a, there's a lot of smudge marks uh, on, on my bracket here. <laughs> hey, there's nothing to be ashamed of there. I know. Uh, I, I don't know how people get so many, right. I mean, I guess you gotta have some sort of luck, but, uh, yeah, mine has a. I'm looking at mine now on the computer. A lot of red lines crossing things out. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, yeah, I've been I've been doing one with uh, with my wife for, gosh, a long time. Um, and ever since I've I've known her, my my father-in-law does it. You know. So I always kind of like pick his brain a lot because he's like a college basketball guru. Like he watches like all the conference games. He, he drops knowledge. I don't even know where he's getting it from. I'm like, you, I always tell him, you got an inside guy or something because your bracket's like always perfect. So uh, he was teasing me about, uh, about, about my bracket, but he had Illinois deep too. And, you know, he's like, oh man, what a killer. Killed my bracket to see Illinois go down. So I know sometimes the ones that you always usually pick them good, you know, so there's always that one team that totally screws you up and then they're, they're wiped out early. Yeah. You you see even the experts on ESPN, like Andy Katz or one of those guys, I I, I look at his bracket at the end because they have uh, the ESPN personalities are part of the, you know, play in it. And, um, yeah, his his is just as bad as yeah. everyone else's. So it doesn't matter how much of an expert you are. All it takes is one uh, one team like uh, Loyola College and then uh, Chicago, and then that's it. Yeah, and then now now we're looking at this team, and we we just mentioned Syracuse, and we got some um, maybe Rutgers. You know, this is uh, this is crazy. It's it's crazy. You know, and this is what it's all about. And you know, not having it last year. We know we talked about this in episode one, but not having it last year to to have it right now. It's um, it's uh, 
it's great. It's just great. And I've really been enjoying the games. So um, one more day, and then we're going to have to wait till the following weekend for the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. And then as we get closer, it'll be the Final Four and then a championship game. So it does go by fast. Yeah, it really does. Um, you think of March Madness, but it's really only like the final two weeks of March. Um, I guess the, some of the madness yeah. comes with uh, the conference tournaments. But, yeah, it's like two weeks in March. It, it's bittersweet, you know. Like you said, you, you want these games to, to go through. You want to watch them. But then at the end, you're like, damn, we're in the final four already. I felt like we, have, we barely even scratched the surface. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was just going to hit on that, too. It, you know, it, it's like, all right, I'm ready for the games. They're here. Oh, my God, it's the Final Four, a championship game. <laughs> yeah, it's – I guess that's what makes it so exciting. It, it leaves you wanting more. It, exactly. It's like, a, it's like a cliffhanger, but we know it's over, but it's like a, click, a cliffhanger. It's like, all right, now, you know – all right, can't wait for next year. Like, here we That's go. Right. And um, to switch gears a little bit, um, because once the tournament is over, we get into some NFL offseason. And uh, we started free agency. So um, I want to just, you know, dive into that a little bit. Um, so what would, what would be your the thing you would want to talk about first with NFL free agency? What's your biggest takeaway or what's the thing that you are most passionate about with all these signings? Well, I'll get to the Giants in a second, but I just, you know, I, I was debating about talking about this team on uh, on the pod. But I just, I'm just so like amazed at all the moves that this team made, and I think you know where I'm going with this, Mike. But the New England uh, Patriots, I knew it. yep. It's 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 just two signings that I just want to touch base on. Like they signed Hunter Henry, who I think is a pretty good tight end, but yes. he's healthy. But so, but the but the other guy that they signed, Jonu Smith, I always like this kid when he sat behind Delaney Walker Delaney Walker was with the Titans for a couple years I had pretty decent seasons with the team but I was I saw this kid play like this kid's going to develop into something if he actually gets the starting role and gets some playing time and he has and the Titans just let him go they let him go to New England I mean if if I'm the Patriots and I'm going into the offseason and to training camp and knowing that I have two really good solid tight ends and one who is, if he stays healthy, is definitely top five in the league in Hunter Henry. And I think they kind of figured out their quarterback situation. I don't know what they're going to do in the draft. I mean, I mean, who knows what, what Bill has up his sleeve. They signed Cam Newton, so obviously it looks like he's going to be the starter. But uh, I just wanted to mention th- uh, those two particular signings because they didn't just sign one; they signed two tight ends. Like that, for me, was a uh, was a big yeah. Deal. And, and ever since um, Gronkowski and they had Aaron Hernandez, those two guys uh, in New England, like they really perfected that two tight end set. You know what I mean? And they haven't had that, or haven't even had yep. one good tight end since either of those two guys have been gone. Um, so now they got two, 
Smith's more of a blocker, but he can make he can make just any catch that any of these tight ends can make. And Hunter's going to be more. Henry's going to be more of like the um, wide receiver tight end. I feel like. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, Smith is also really good in yeah, the red zone. Big red zone target. Um, and you know the Titans, they had to they paid Derrick Henry, they paid Ryan Tannehill. Um, they had to make some tough choices, and that's gonna that's gonna sting losing Smith. I like Smith a lot too. I agree with you, Rob. I think he's really an underrated tight end, and he can do it all. He can block, he can catch, great in the red zone. And you know they, they didn't really see anybody out there. I feel like quarterback wise that they liked, so they bring back Cam, and now they're trying to get him as many weapons as possible. I like it. I think it's great. Great move for them. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely they're definitely trying to reset. You know, after going. Um, seven and nine, and they're definitely trying to, you know, hit the reset button, get some players in here, go through the draft, and contend. Because if you really look at the AFC East, it it's everyone's looking up at Buffalo. I mean, you, we don't know what the Jets are going to be. You know, it's a new regime there. Um, Miami it looks like they're on the uptick. You know, I feel like they just signed Will Fuller, so that's a that's a big addition. It, it looks like Tua, I guess, is going to be the slinging footballs around it and um, for them yep. next season. I, I mean, so I, that's a good, you know, and I got a nice playmaker there. Um, I think that that's like, yeah, you know, with the, with the AFC East, you know, looking now how the Patriots reloaded, I, I, they're pretty much saying like, Hey, we're, we're, we're not out. Like, don't count us out. We're coming. Oh, yeah. I, and last year was – I was surprised. I thought they would have, uh, you know, won at least nine or ten games. But they, they're showing, like, hey, you know, we last year a bunch of guys opted out for COVID. We had cap issues. We haven't drafted well. We're going to come out swinging. And um, they got a lot of big pieces on defense, too. I think their defense is going to really be pretty special this year. Yeah, Dante Hightower coming back. He opted out last year, but him coming back in that middle of that defense is going to be huge, huge for the for the. Yeah, Patriots. and I love the the signing of Matt Judon from uh, Baltimore. I read a lot about him um, when I found out he signed with the Patriots, and he sounds like a Belichick guy to the T. Hard worker, hard. Yeah. He, the, uh, all yep. the players I played with him say he's the hardest worker on the team. He'll do whatever it takes to win, even if it means playing special teams. Um, that's Bill Belichick right there. He, this guy's made to play for the Patriots. Yeah, and they brought back Kyle Van Noy, which I know a lot of Patriots fans loved Kyle Van Noy. And he's a, he's the same. He's like Judon, the same guy. You know, works hard. Uh, you know, he, he plays hard. He's a team guy. You know, play will play anywhere you put him. Doesn't care. You know, so that's another uh, good addition. Also. Um, I want to just touch base on uh, New Orleans. You know, they signed Jameis Winston. Yep. So, to me, that's going to be interesting because they, they also gave Hill that contract. So, now they're going to have, you know, they're going to have a lot of playmakers in New Orleans. You know, I, I figure the receiving core is going to be, well, I know Sa- Sanders signed with the Bills. So, uh, and John Brown, um, he did sign somewhere. Uh, the team is... Is uh, kind of uh, escaping Las me Vegas, a little bit. The Raiders. Yeah, he went with the Raiders. Okay, um, so it looks like you know they they don't really have like a slot guy unless they sign somebody, and, and I missed it. But you know that that team, 
you know, they're to go out how they did and, you know, against Tampa, you know, it just figured it was Tampa Bay's year, you know, for, from what it was worth. But, you know, you, you lose Drew, Drew retires and, you know, you know, congratulations on a phenomenal career for Drew yeah. Brees. But, you know, Winston is interesting to me because I feel like in Sean Payton's system, I feel like he can excel. But then you have the wild card with Hill. And to me, he's not really like a, a quarterback. You know, he could do everything. But uh, that's also very interesting, too, that they brought back Winston. Yeah, apparently um, it's going to be a good quarterback competition because uh, I was reading uh, Sean Payton really loves both of these guys. And he thinks either of them could take – Breeze's uh, the mantle from Breeze, so it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, you're right. Taysom Hill gives you more of a more playmaking dynamic because he can run, he can catch, he can do a bunch of things. But uh, Winston threw 30 touchdowns not too long ago with the the Bucks. If he can stop with those picks that he had that same year, then hey, this guy could be a stud too. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. You know, I feel like Winston could really excel if he's the if he's QB one going into week one. I think he really can excel in uh, Sean Payton's offense. So I, I, you know, we got to do it. We got to talk about our teams, Mike. It, and uh, here it All comes. Right. Let's hear so, it. So, so go. So listen, man. Um, I really wanted to come on here and and vent heavy venting about the, the Giants offseason moves because at, um, at one point the Leo contract was not signed and I'm thinking like and one of my favorite Giants signed with the Vikings and Dalvin Tomlinson so I had a feeling that was coming and then I saw the Devontae Booker signing and I'm like what the hell is this are you going to sign a backup running back for Saquon I mean I know the guy is coming from uh he's coming back from injury but like I he's gonna be the the workhorse he's gonna be the three down back like we don't really need a Devontae Booker I'm not Devontae Booker is a nice player I don't want to take that away from him but just the from what Wayne Gallman did for the Giants last year down the stretch you know He's a free agent, so I, it looks like they're not even going to bring him back. So that, as a fan, that kind of hurts me because I, I do like Gallman. He mm-hmm. did very, very well filling in for Saquon Barkley. I mean, he he had really – I mean, you kind of just throwing him out there with, you know, with some guys they got off the, the street with, with Alfred Morris. You know, they, they filled in nicely. But that – they I was, I was heated. I wasn't very happy about this. Because I was like, all right, you sign a backup running back. And they finally got the Leo deal done. I'm like, all right, like, you know, let's see what happens here. And then I got some news. And I got the news from you. Because I had no idea it even happened. And they signed Kenny Galladay. And I know what now this is kind of where I'm segueing Because Kenny Galladay played for the Detroit Lions. And I know that's got to hurt because you just lost your number one receiver. Marvin Jones also signed elsewhere. So it's like, now who does Jared Goff have to throw to? Yeah, I mean, those two guys were our top two receivers the past couple of years, Jones and Galladay. And 
we also lost uh, Danny and Mandola at number three. So the rebuild is on. Um, I thought the Lions really would have franchised Kenny. I thought they would have tried to keep him, but um, they decided to go elsewhere. And the Giants are getting a great receiver, man. Uh, I think you guys should be really happy with that pickup. Um, he was hurt last year. He missed the final eight or nine games. But other than the, that injury, he's been solid every year. Um, he, I've never seen a contested ball that he hasn't caught. So he's a real number one number one guy for the, the Giants now. So I'm happy for you guys, as sad as I am for us. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited. And I'm excited to that he signed with them. And, you know, this gives Daniel Jones. And Galladay even said it. He wants to grow with Daniel Jones. So that's – to hear that, even, I mean, Jones has to be thinking, like, this guy – wants to go with me, that's great because I have a nice young core now. We've got Galladay. He's going to have Darius Slayton, who really is a true uh, yes. two wide receiver. Shepard, Shepard in the slot. You know, Ingram. Barkley. Offensive line is young. They're coming together. You also just young. picked up Kyle Rudolph. Big, big pickup. That's a big pickup, yeah. I always like Kyle Rudolph yeah, a cool. lot. Um, yeah, I'm nice, so glad he's leaving the NFC North. So I hope you guys enjoy him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. So I mean, yeah, the the pressure's on Jones now this year. Barkley's coming back. You got the three receivers. You got two pretty good tight ends. Offensive lines coming together. I mean, it's this year is a chance for him to put up some big numbers. Yep. So what do you think about um, Detroit, man? I, I I like the moves. They're not flashy. We're not going to sign any big names this year. I knew that going in. But the players they did get, I, I like a lot. I think Jamal Williams is a great backup running back. Um, yeah, definitely. definitely yeah, I mean, we, we saw what back. he can do when he needed to be the, the number one guy when Jones missed a couple games last year in Green Bay. Um, and he's going to be great working with Swift. Um I know he's also a great blocking running back for the quarterback. So I know that uh, Deuce Daly, our new running backs coach, is big yep. on that. Um, I, I thought that was a big time move. Um, and then, you know, we traded for Michael Brockers. That was a nice pickup. Um, restructured his contract. Um, you know, the, Garrett, the Jared Goff trade officially went through. But other than that, yeah, the lines have been pretty quiet. We're going to make our splashes, I think, in the draft. So. We'll see what happens. Oh, another thing real quick with uh, Jamal Williams. Um, it's always good that you can take a solid player from a division rival too. So that also made me happy. 100% on that, my friend. That's uh, that's big because you know when Green Bay and Detroit go head-to-head, Jamal is looking to put up some numbers. Oh, on, yeah. uh, on the Packers for sure. So, and uh, I hope the Lions don't play the Giants this year because who knows? Kenny might feel the same way about us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll have to see the schedule when it comes out. But you, you know what? Too, I was, I wanted to tell you this, but where the Lions sit in the draft, one of these receivers should be there. Whether it's going to be Smith, Chase. Hmm. Waddle, I mean, any of these three guys, depending on you know what happens, they could they could be there. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions drafted one of those three guys at 
At, oh, yeah. Um, at Especially after uh, Jones, Galladay uh, both left. We signed Tyrell Williams, who had a great year two years ago with Oakland. Uh, last year he was hurt. So I'm interested to see what he – he's more of a number two or three at best. So we're going to need that number one guy. And I love all three of those receivers you just named. Um, three studs. I don't think you can go wrong with any one of those three. Um, so, yeah, I, I fully expect. Or that you're either going to take a wide receiver or trade back and get more picks, which I'm totally okay with in a rebuild. Oh, yeah. I definitely um... – Definitely, they're going to go some route, but you know, gobble up some picks or you know, pick the pick the receiver. I mean, I don't, I don't, any of those three guys. I don't think you go wrong, in in my opinion. I I really don't think so. I mean, I I know Waddle is coming off of an injury, but from what everybody says, the the he's a gamer, mm-hmm. and um. That's great. I mean, like that's what you that's what you want. Like Smith, you know. I mean, the, the kid won a Heisman. I mean, like of course he's going to be great. And uh, and uh, the the kid from LSU, um, Jamar Chase, going to be another good player in the NFL. So no matter where these guys go, I think they're going to make some noise. And there's like second tier receivers that are that are pretty good that we haven't named, but we can get to that. Another oh yeah, the last few years the the draft for receivers has been pretty pretty solid. Um, so it'll be interesting. Now I know that the Giants had been talked about for some of these guys. Do you think that's still a possibility with Galladay being signed, or they look to draft another position? You know, I don't think I do. I really don't think they're going to go wide receiver at eleven. <laughs> um. I don't really think they're. I don't think they're gonna really. I don't think the three of them are gonna even be there at eleven. To be honest with you, I think they're all gonna go before. Uh, Mike, I'm gonna tell you right now. There's two guys. Well, I, I'll think of the third. Maybe we'll get to that on another episode. But two guys that I think the Giants might draft at eleven if they are there. Um, the first guy. And I don't know if he's going to be there, but I think he would be a great addition to Patrick Graham's defense. Is Micah Parsons from Penn Oh, State. yes. I like him a lot. Uh, yep. Uh, it's a, just watch his tape, man. It's like, wow, this, this kid is, is really, really good. And um, maybe uh, Saquon might be in Gettleman's ear, be like, hey, man, you know, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Parsons. You know, from Penn State guy. Penn yeah, State guy. this guy's supposed to be uh, uh, the top-rated um, defensive player, I think, in the draft. So, I mean, I would, I would yeah. love to see. Uh, so, I would love to. Uh, any team would love to have a guy like that. Absolutely. So, I don't know if he's gonna, if he's gonna drop to eleven. I mean, we'll see. Um, some mock drafts that I've seen, they have a edge rusher from Miami. Uh, going at eleven, but the, this so watching the national championship game against Ohio State, I saw this cornerback who was a uh, Patrick Certain, and uh, I like his length. He's he plays man to man really really well. He's got great ball skills. So if they could draft this young corner to pair with James Bradbury to that improve secondary 
and the only other pieces are pretty much still there. Like that's a that's a really good addition on the defense. And if, if they decide to go that route, that would be awesome. And those are like those are two names I'm looking I'm looking at yeah, right now. Two of the most important spots on your defense, uh, linebacker, and then having a shutdown corner is so huge. Um, and a guy that comes from a, a program like Alabama, you know he's going to play tough. You know he's going to you know do what it takes. So I, I like either of those picks. Um, I could honestly see uh, the Lions maybe thinking about Parsons if they move down, or even Sertan. Uh, you know. Yeah, certain Sertan. I'm not really sure the pronunciation on that one, but um, I, I like the I like the I like his play a lot. Yeah. So those are uh, those are the guys I'm I'm looking at. I mean, I mean, we'll see. We got about uh, over a month, so there'll be uh, plenty of episodes to go through talking about the draft, especially you know now. Right now, it's all about the March Madness, so obviously. Uh, but I'm glad we touched base on the free agency because, you know, we had to get some stuff out there, so that yeah. was great. Um, because it, it's still it's still, it, it, it's still still going underway, you know. Uh, guys are going to be signed um, from here on out. So, you know, we'll see um, how the rest of the free agency uh, goes. You know, there's that. You know, we have uh, – Spring training is winding down. I, um, April first is opening day. Yeah, right around the corner, man. And uh, you know, spring is here. It's a it's a it's a great time to be alive. I right agree. Now. I think the first day of spring was yesterday. Um, and that is that is a good. Uh, I love this time of year, like we talked about, dude. March into April. Um, probably my favorite time of the year for sports. I think. Yeah, it's awesome. If you look at, you know, everything, you know, once the tournament starts, you know, when we kind of go through that first weekend as we are currently going through right now, you know, you know, up here in the Northeast, we got two really nice days weather-wise that we've been waiting for this. So it's, uh, you know, the, the weather's getting nicer. We got the tournament, you know, spring training's winding down. So we're getting to uh, the beginning of the baseball season. Uh, NFL free agency. Now we're going to be looking towards like the draft. So, Mike, I can't wait till we dive into some drafts. So that's oh, going to be I a lot of fun. One, probably my favorite non-game um, sports activity is the NFL draft. Um, me, me too. Uh, me too. I get I get crazy with it because I, I look at all the rounds and who they could, who our teams could draft and who, who anybody could draft. You know, looking at you know, all 32 teams going into yeah. it. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's great. I, I always, yeah. And the yeah, this year I'm excited to see what Trevor Lawrence has as a, as you know, um, opposite, um, outside of my team, the lions. Um, I think I'm most excited about Lawrence. I always like when there's this can't miss name prospect in football. Um, so interested to see what he does. Yeah. And I, I want to see the Jaguars finally do something, you know? Yeah, me too. I feel like they they had that one good year. They went all the way to the AFC Championship game, and then yep. that that's it. So now it's like, and even before Urban Meyer coached Ohio State, I was always a fan of his. So now he's an NFL coach. He's going to get top prospect in the NFL. 
in the NFL draft with Trevor Lawrence. They added some pieces in free agency. I'm pretty sure they're going to do nicely draft-wise. Um, you know, that that's a team to look at, uh, you know, maybe for the future, um, for the AFC South. Maybe, uh, you know, they improve and they're going to get better. So we're going to have to – we have to keep an eye yeah, on the Jaguars. Think there might be something cooking down there if, if Urban Meyer c- turns out to be a good NFL coach. I think he will. I have I have high hopes for that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, sometimes they say like the NFL, um, the college coach, coaches don't really succeed in the NFL. But Urban Meyer is like that wild card. Like I think he could really succeed. Yeah, I, I think almost – I mean, it would be amazing to do what Jimmy Johnson did, but I think Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson-esque type college coach, you know? Yes, so, yep. Um, and it's, it's all starting now, man. You know, we, second episode in the podcast, all this stuff is just beginning. It's like perfectly sp- matching up spring podcast – Sports, what more could you want? Welcome to the Sports Hangover Cure Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. And this um, is it. I know we're closing in on an hour here, um, but just before we go, just want to announce that Houston has won. They have closed out Rutgers 63-60. to 60. They will be moving on to face Syracuse in the next round. Wow. Big comeback. Oh, my God. So, Rutgers, I checked. I, I know we were talking about the the, the NFL free agency, but I, I actually checked. I wanted to see what the score was. Yeah. Rutgers was up by, like, almost 10 points, and they, and they blew it. So, wow, Houston moves on, going against Syracuse. That's going to oh, be, yeah, a, it's gonna be a great game. game. I'm going to have to watch that one. Yep, for sure. All right, so episode two, here we go. Let's wrap it up. Mike, listen, my friend, always great talking to you about sports and uh, two episodes in. Let's keep uh, yeah, it going. Man. You too. Um, let's uh, let's keep the night, train sir. going. And um, you guys have a great night, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye, Rob.